the NFL on SEN. Live every Monday morning on SEN and streaming on the SEN app. Macca's 30 Days 30 Deals. Grab a new deal every day of November. Only on the My Macca's app. The Macca's Run. The Macca's Run. Live on your home of sport, SEN. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along. Monday night version of the Macca's Run into the first serve into the sporting capital. That's going to be your evening ahead here on SEN. You can always join us on the Harcourts open line, 1-300-736-736 for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts, your move, your Harcourts. If you want to jump on the 40 Winks temper text tonight, you can certainly do that, 0433981116. The all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here, and you can get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. So Brett Phillips steering you through a Monday night. Look forward to your company right throughout. There's a bit bubbling around. There's some shield cricket going on. The World Cup continues uh, tonight uh, with the clash between uh, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. We'll have a look at uh, some of the news of the day and some of the voices that we have heard on uh, SEN. Big first serve up after 8 o'clock. A lot going on, uh, of course, with the Paris Masters. Novak uh, winning again. The WTA finals in win and rain swept uh, Cancun. Not the best time of year to be holding a WTA finals. My special guest after 8 o'clock is the Billie Jean King Cup captain, Alicia Mollick, for the final time in her 10th campaign leading the Australian charge uh, this week, trying to go one better than uh, last year. So plenty on the menu with the first serve, and after 10 o'clock we'll play you some of the best uh, chats of the day. one 736 You can jump on and have uh, your say... If you missed uh, Jared Waitley on his program uh, earlier today, I feel like this is not the first time he's uh, uh, certainly gone at uh, England. What a poor World Cup campaign they've had. Australia's been able to resurrect uh, their World Cup campaign, this World Cup that is going absolutely forever. And I went to the 2007 World Cup, which was in the Caribbean, but I only went for the last two weeks. That was a nine-week tournament. I feel like it's something like this. It is stretched uh, right out. Jared Waitley on England on his program earlier today. A graceless bunch of pillocks, England's cricketers. There was a lot loaded into that weekend of sports. But I reckon you could have got the $16,000 quaddy at Flemington, had a week's pay on the Japanese and the Golden Eagle, been a Swans fan that saw the big finish to claim last place in the AFLW finals, and an Indian cricket fan devoted to Virat Kohli, who celebrated his birthday with a century, and the highlight was still indisputable. Mitch Stark's first ball to Johnny Bairstow on Saturday night. Mitchell Stark with ball in hand, and Johnny Bairstow faces the first delivery. Down leg side, and there's a big appeal. It's been given. Strangled down leg side, Johnny Bairstow. Horror start for England. The worst of possible starts for England. Bairstow goes for a first ball duck. England, 0 for 1. Yeah, even though Johnny Bairstow's English, I do feel sorry for him. That's such a stiff way to get out. (laughs) God bless Watto, but nah. Nah. Keep walking, Johnny. How utterly perfect. A golden duck. And by night's end, Australia had finished off England's hopeless World Cup defence. At a time when the Poms should have been hiding in the corner through sheer embarrassment, they were still boasting of their superiority. Egos completely out of check. Man for man, the better team. 
Have you ever heard such nonsense? They enshrined Bazball into the Collins Dictionary last week. A style of test cricket in which the batting side attempts to gain the initiative by playing in a highly aggressive manner. Oh, so terribly British. It's so vanilla and actually misses the essence of it. It entirely misses the permanent state of delusion, the cult-like devotion and the appalling arrogance to see the world as you want it to be rather than how it is. There was a moment early in the commentary on Saturday night when Mike Atherton pondered whether the residue of the ashes carried into this World Cup match. Surely a rhetorical question. He chided Aaron Finch about the whinging over the ball change in the final test. What's that old saying about a log in your own eye? Aaron Finch shut him down simply by stating the ashes are where they should be. It was one of Finch's most beautifully timed dispatches. The more we encounter this English side, the more they remind me of the big kid in your street. If you want a game of cricket in your neighbourhood, you have to go and play in his driveway. But he always insists on batting and he's never out. When you get one through onto his legs, there's no LB. When he nicks one onto the garage door, there's no automatic wiki. And when you finally do get him out, well, that's the end of the game. He's headed inside to go and play guitar. Australia had a very unbalanced team on Saturday night in the absence of Glenn Maxwell and Mitch Marsh, yet still prevailed over the pound-for-pound champions. The sense of satisfaction, I imagine, was far-reaching from the team and for all of us watching at home. Australia is semi-finals bound. England sits last with one win from seven games still below the Netherlands and Bangladesh. Maybe they'll write another book about it and read it while drinking their own bathwater. Man for man, I'd have this team every day over the Australians. Man for man, I'd have this team every day over the Australians. Oh, cry me a river, England. Basball, the permanent state of delusion, the cult-like devotion and the appalling arrogance to see the world as you want it to be rather than how it is. I, I just needed Jared to get me going on this uh, Monday night, so I wanted to play that off the top. If you missed it a little earlier today, the diabolical World Cup campaign of uh, the Poms. On the cricket theme, we've got some Shield cricket going on. Might bring you a few stumps uh, scores. The, the Vicks down at the Junction Oval. Uh, day two against uh, Tasmania, who had made uh, 452 uh, the Vicks uh, one for 142 in their first dig. Uh, Bukowski out for 26. Harris not at 59. Callaway not at 51. Still some good batting to come for Victoria. So Tassie, of course, uh, making 452, led by Wekim with uh, 148. Webster was not out 97. Ward at the top of the uh, innings made uh, 67. So that's the state of play in that match. Uh, New South Wales... Up at the SCG, up against uh, Western Australia. Of course, WA rolled for 141. Uh, New South Wales, uh, four for 78 uh, through 25 overs. So, been a little bit of rain around uh, Sydney. So, that is the state of play in that match. Uh, New South Wales trailing by 63. And that is on uh, day one at the completion. And the other match uh, going on, Stumps, uh, Queensland and South Australia. It is uh, the Redbacks uh, 2 for 190, almost completed 80 overs. Uh, Hunt at the top of the order, not out 104. Carter made 37, Drew made 12, McSweeney not out 33. So three Shield matches uh, being played on this Monday. And in the World Cup uh, tonight, we're just underway. Sri Lanka batting first against uh, Bangladesh. Lost an early wicket 
Uh, the Sri Lankans, uh, one for five. So Pereira has been dismissed for four. Uh, Nisanka and Mendes has just come to the crease yet to open their account. So we'll keep you across that. Bangladesh and uh, Sri Lanka playing in the World Cup uh, tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourts open line. Mikey from Bendigo has jumped on the temper text. Brett, do you, who do you like in the Cup tomorrow? Give me a little bit of time, uh, Mikey. I'll, I'll be totally honest with you, mate. This is... You know, from a man who had his uh, first job at the Premier Racing Station nearly 30 years ago. Uh, they were good days back then when they used to actually take the staff to the marquees and Mooney Valley trots on a Friday night. Uh, <laughs> good days indeed. I think the, the purse strings have probably tightened a little. And all the years, you know, for so many years, we used to go away as a family on uh, Melbourne Cup weekend, always taking the Monday off, which uh, people do. We never, I never actually watched the race for 10 years because we, we'd pull up on the side of the road and listen to it on the radio. So Melbourne Cup days look different for me across uh, the journey. You might want to share your own experiences or give us and the listeners out there your best tips uh, tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. John in Port Augusta. Johnny, you've been waiting very patiently. Welcome. Hello, Brett. I'm uh, just wondering, um, like, you hear these stories about Don Bradman, like, what he's like as a man, not as a player. I mean, he's unbelievable as a player. Yeah. But as a man, you know, like, um, could be a bit prickly and whatever else, maybe, and whatever else. But um, is he the greatest athlete of all time? Like, um, I've read a few Roland Perry books over the years. Like, he's a big fan, Roland Perry. And he says he there's nobody in a major sport around the world that averages nearly twice as much, <laughs> nearly twice as good as the next best. I mean, the best of the day, outside from Bowman, was a was Walter Hammond from England over fifty-eight? Yeah. Well, you know th- these questions. Are, you know, it's all it's all um, in the the eye of how you see it, really, and the year that you were born in. I mean, he's he's got a phenomenal record, no doubt. I think we only played about what fifty-two Test matches, Don Bradman, and what ninety-nine point nine seven, whatever it is, the average. And you know, Bodyline, that great series years ago on TV. Uh, where uh, Jardine, the captain of England, they were you know trying to uh, bounce him out and uh, bowl around his rib cage, and that was you know the year of no helmets or protection, and it was just uh, eye in. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, to say he's the greatest of all time, yeah, many arguments going back and forth across sport, across uh, cricket, but uh, you can't deny that average. That was just a, a freakish career, really, to achieve that that no one else will in cricket. I mean, obviously, the greats of uh, Lara and Tendulkar and Viv Richards and many others have uh, achieved great records, but nothing like uh, Don Bradman, uh, who uh, didn't play for all that long. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you want to jump on. I just want to play a little bit of uh, Andrew Demetrio, just on the back of what was a big week last week with all the news around uh, Melbourne and Joel Smith and, and just talking today about the illicit drug policy. I mean, it's not the policy that that causes players to take illicit drugs. Mm. It's got nothing to do with the policy. But the policy doesn't sit there and all of a sudden someone says, oh, there's a policy that I might as well go and take illicit drugs. So that was Andrew Demetrio with his thoughts, uh, the ex-AFL boss who uh, from time to time we hear on SEN as someone who sat in the big chair uh, for a decade who uh, saw everything during uh, his reign, just one of the voices. Uh, Jamara Eugle Hagen. The Bulldogs would probably love to keep him forever. There are plenty who'd love to get their hands 
on this uh, potential superstar of the future, talking today on his contract. I love the dogs and they've obviously looked after me since I've, I was 15, so I'd always love to give back to the club. We've got such a good opportunity to win a couple of flags together. We've got a really talented list, um, but yeah, definitely stay the dogs. Oh, you wouldn't be letting him go, would you, if you were the, uh, the Bulldogs? Uh, he is uh, going to get better, you would think. No doubt. Tough coming in as a young forward into the AFL, trying to master your craft and find your place, build the frame that can be really, really durable. But he's he's given us some really, really good moments and obviously a, a real key cog for the Bulldogs if they're going to climb uh, back up to the top echelon of the table. Uh, we heard there from Jared Waitley regarding uh, England. Uh, Pat Cummins on the Aussie improvement across the last week since I've been in this chair. It has uh, looked a lot brighter, the Aussie captain. Yeah, I feel like every game has improved a little bit. Um, I still don't think we've played the complete game or really closed out a game. But the good thing is every game there's different you know, match winners and it's, yeah, it feels like it's all come together. You know, obviously got Maxi and, and Mitchie who are going to be back in at some stage and they're both uh, have had great tournaments so far. So we feel like we've got a whole squad who can walk out there and perform if we need to. And um, yeah, everyone's desperate to play. So we're going to be struggling to pick 11 next week. Pat Cummins, the captain, live World Cup action at the moment. Sri Lanka, one for 10 in the third over. So they've lost Pereira for four. Nasenka's got out of the blocks on five. And Mendes, uh, I wonder if he's the son. There's a lot of Mendeses, but uh, I wonder if he's the son of Julep. Remember Julep Mendes back in the 80s? He was the real first captain of Sri Lanka when they started to actually get onto the international scene. Big Julep. And it went to Big Arjuna. It was a couple of... A couple of controversial captains. I used to love... Uh, was, there, was there a better site when you used to go to a one-dayer at the MCG and the Sri Lankans who were the underdogs, but they had um, Sanath Jayasuriya and who's the other one I'm thinking of? Romash Kalawitharana would come out and bat in that twilight little quarter to seven, seven o'clock, and they would just absolutely belt the ball. High-risk cricket. They hit it in the air, but they went after their shots. It was just... I just there's little things that just flash back into your mind, and back then I was due to the fact I love the underdog in sport. I was barracking for the Sri Lankans, who were up against it every time they came to the uh, the MCG. But yeah, they were good memories uh, back then. Those two, when the one days were just worth a little bit more, uh, when we loved uh, one day cricket. Now it's certainly is a little uh, on the nose from where it was all those years ago. A quick break uh, here on the Maccas Run, just taking you through some of the voices, some of the news in the world of sport on this uh, Monday. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Feel free to jump on like John in Port Augusta did, or if you prefer to send a text, you can do that. 40 Wings Temper Text, 0433-98-1116. Macca's 30 Days, 30 Deals. Grab a new deal every day of November. Only on the My Maccas app. The Maccas Run. The Maccas Run. Live on your home of sport, SEM. Welcome back to the Maccas Run. Monday night version. Uh, Brett Phillips with you. First serve coming up after 8 o'clock. Sporting Capital after 10 tonight. Melbourne Cup Day tomorrow. Going to be a big day of coverage on SEN. Cleveland, of course, scratched from the Cup. It was a $51 chance among the... Uh, promising roughies for the race, but just hours after being cleared by Racing Victoria veterinarians, it was scratched on. Vets advice, so Michael D was set to ride the horse, which won the Mooney Valley Cup uh, last month, uh, subsequential to passing his physical veterinary inspection earlier today. Trainer Chris Lees has reported to stewards that Cleveland now has an elevated temperature. He's not fit to take his place 
in tomorrow's race. Now, Damien Oliver's final Melbourne Cup uh, in these reports uh, today, of course, that we heard in jeopardy with his ride. Alan Kerr set for a, th- a race day health inspection to decide whether the horse is actually fit to compete. Damien Oliver has spoken uh, today. Let's uh, take a listen. I'm actually quite relaxed, yeah. I mean, it's out of my hands. I'd, I want to be there riding a, a horse that can run, you know, close to his best. If he's if he's not well, then, you know, I'm, I'm past there just going up there to make up the numbers and, and ride in a race for the sake of riding in it. But, um, yeah, hopefully he's, um, the foot can heal up in time and he can take his place. Alan Kerr, currently a $61 chance. So uh, well, it was inspected again today as part of the mandatory uh, pre-Melbourne Cup uh, vet checks, but the result wasn't promising. And a race day scratching of the six-year-old gelding remains a uh, strong possibility. So Racing Victoria saying today that Alan Kerr continued to show signs of soreness in the near forefoot as a result of the uh, stone bruise, which was uh, reported on Sunday. So it'll be re-examined by the Racing Victoria veterinarians uh, tomorrow morning uh, prior to final scratching time, which is 7.30 tomorrow morning, to determine its uh, sustainability or suitability, I should say, to race. All other horses have been passed as suitable to race. And, of course, it is set to be the final trip for Damien Oliver, a three-time Melbourne Cup winner. So all that to play at tomorrow morning. Keep the radio on SEM. We'll bring you up to speed uh, on that. Off the uh, temper text, Shane, hiya. I'd argue Bradman, the greatest sportsman ever. Has anyone, including Ali, Jordan, Maradona, etc., been almost twice as good as their second best peer? Your thoughts? Shane, you absolutely, um, you can't um, uh, dismiss the, the numbers of Don Bradman compared to any other cricketer in the history of the game. Does that make him the greatest of all time? It's such a subjective thing if we're just talking cricket, if we're talking across. Uh, all sport, the greatest sports person of all time. I always find these uh, conversations uh, fascinating. But, yeah, certainly in cricket circles. Uh, and, and obviously, he played in an era where you didn't play the same volume of cricket. We didn't have the same volume of nations. So, obviously, you know, the likes of Lara and Tendulkar and, and co have gone on to play what, well over 100, in some cases over 150 uh, test matches. Ricky Ponting, Steve Waugh, we go on and on. So, bigger volume... Um, which probably means that you're not going to have, obviously, that type of average that uh, Sir Donald Bradman had uh, back in his day, and he um, he wasn't playing the same volume of opposition. So I mean, you can yeah, but yeah, his, his numbers are just phenomenal, really. So hard to uh, hard to dismiss those, but you can argue uh, whether that makes him the greatest uh, sportsman of uh, all time. Just quick update in the cricket. Uh, before we wrap up the Maccas run uh, for this hour. So it is uh, slow going for Sri Lanka at the moment uh, in this uh, match in Delhi. First innings, or well, is their own innings, of course. One for 24 in the fifth over at the moment. So Nasenka on 19. Mendes has faced nine balls, hasn't opened his account at uh, this stage. Uh, the early wicket to four was Pereira. Caught Raheem Bold Islam for four. So Mendes and Nisanka at the crease at the moment. We went through the Shield scores. Uh, hopefully the Vicks can uh, get back to the Junction Oval uh, tomorrow and uh, build on a pretty good start. One for 142 in response to Tasmania's uh, 452. Coming up in about five minutes' time, the first serve. Another edition. We're winding down the tennis season. WTA finals in uh, Cancun. An Aussie 
in the final of the doubles tomorrow. The Paris Masters, Novak winning again. My special guest is going to be Alicia Mollick. We've got a bit of ground to cover. There's so much happening in the world of tennis. If you like that, stick around. Coming up after the break here on SEN.